Hello everyone. Today's episode is going to be about the biggest misconceptions regarding the war in Afghanistan. It is the first episode in this format, so a bit of a demo episode in that sense. And the misconceptions are going to be ranked in order of their popularity to the best of my ability. So with that, we can just jump right in. The biggest misconception that I hear is that the United States helped the Taliban when the Soviets occupied Afghanistan. And the reality is much more complicated than that. And I think that the best analogy we can kind of draw in regards to this war during this episode is the Syrian civil war. I can talk about the differences and use it as an analogy because it's something that is happening right now. We can see it. And so with that, it's a lot like how the United States didn't directly support ISIS, but because they supported the entire insurgency, ISIS ended up, in effect, getting a lot of help from the United States' decision to arm the quote-unquote Syrian rebels, which was really just anybody who didn't like Assad. And the situation in Afghanistan was much the same. Much like the Taliban, ISIS is united by religious-themed teachings and schooling. The Taliban especially exists through an academic Islamic tra uh, tradition that exists in the Pashtun areas of southeast Afghanistan primarily and northwest Pakistan kind of straddling the border, especially as the war went on and Pakistan stopped fighting the Taliban while the Afghan army did, you saw a lot of transitioning into the Pakistan areas that Taliban schools exist in. And so the Taliban really came to rise after the Soviets left. Same with Al-Qaeda. And so, really, the United States supported all kinds of insurgencies, and there was support for what would eventually become the Taliban, like radical Islamic resistance fighters. But at the time, they were not explicitly terrorist groups. They were still resistance fighters. So, to me, a group crosses the line when it starts bombing buses, you know, suicide bombing civilian areas. That's what the Taliban did and does. So... 
at that point, you've crossed a line. However, if a group has been a strict insurgency fighting the Soviet troops, it's hard to say that there was, that the United States should have known that, you know, they would become the baddies or something. And like I said, it's hard to say the United States directly supported a group that was still in its infancy and primarily supported by the Pakistani ISI, who, you know, is in turn backed by the United States. So there is that element, but primarily they were, the United States was supporting insurgents during the Soviet occupation rather than explicit terrorists who just blow up civilian areas in order to win their war. So, as far as the terrorism goes, that started during the Afghan Civil War after the Soviets left. And Basically, long story short, war breaks out after the Soviets leave, and that's when things start getting really bad. The Taliban also, once they're in charge, they commit, you know, crimes against humanity on the regular due to their judicial system, stoning for adultery and things like that. So, mainly... The United States was siding with a group led by, later on, there's this man named Masood, who was a dictator in northern Afghanistan, very, very radically anti-Taliban. And he committed atrocities, just as the Taliban did. And the Taliban actually... as Al-Qaeda, apparently, assassinated him on September 8th, 2001. And on Wikipedia, it says, Analysts believe that Osama bin Laden personally ordered the assassination himself as an offer of good faith and loyalty to Taliban in order to secure their cooperation in Afghanistan. So whether that's true or not, For whatever reason, whether it's connected or not, this radically anti-Taliban military warlord, basically a warlord, from northern Afghanistan, Masood, is killed. Uh, The remnants of the northern Afghan resistance is still fighting, by the way, in northern Afghanistan. So, yeah, they're very anti-Taliban, and... They, he died, and then the United States suffers a terrorist attack by terrorists who were hiding, sheltering in Taliban territory. And that's sort of the backdrop for leading up to the next misconception. So I think that I will... head over into the second misconception just right away here, honestly. And it would be that the Afghanis 
didn't want to fight against the Taliban. And this won't just include the North, but also the Southwest. All the areas where the Taliban does not have popular support. They have popular support primarily in the Southeast of Afghanistan. So the idea that the Taliban won because the Afghanis didn't want to fight them enough is not true. It's the second misconception. And in order to go into it, honestly, the best way is to just jump right ahead to 2021 and the U.S. withdrawal and um, Joe Biden's comments regarding the Afghanis saying that, you know, you have to want to fight for your country. So that'll be the second misconception that we're addressing here. In reality, the main issue is that the Afghan government was impossible to fight for effectively because of the corruption that was happening from top to bottom at every level. And also the reliance on the Afghan government on outside support. So basically, it was almost set up to where without foreign military assistance, the Afghan military just wasn't going to be able to operate because they were reliant on developed basically first world supply lines and infrastructure and so you end up with very nice facilities in rural Afghanistan like outposts that never get any diesel fuel and you see empty fuel tanks just you know and and ruined vehicles or unserviceable vehicles because there just isn't the logistics Modern war, especially as the occupying power or the central government, is very much about logistics. So Afghan troops had no ammo, no food, no no anything, really. And so no matter how bad they wanted to fight, it got to the point where there's just no way. You know the government isn't going to last. And that it can't hold out. And that even the United States, its ally, just put a time limit on it. Like, oh, well, I hope you guys can at least die to make it more convenient for us while we get out. Even though we know that the Taliban's going to win in the end. Well, that's different. But you can't discount the fact that over 100,000 Afghani soldiers died. Probably more than that, much more. Fighting the Taliban. That's an insane amount for such a small country. They very much did want to fight, and they did fight. And it was a long, brutal war. You know, just like Vietnam and Iraq. So... That will lead us into misconceptions three and four, which are misconception number three is that the West were the bad guys. 
And misconception number four is that the West were not the bad guys. Because if you go fully binary on it and make it purely. Now, as I said earlier, if you attack civilians intentionally as a tactic for terror, then you are, you know, that is something that cannot be overlooked, forgiven, forgotten. So that's why the idea that the occupying powers and the Afghan government was just this puppet imperial force. You have to look at the Afghan, the Afghani government people who have gotten out, like lower level officials or sympathizers from Kabul who have escaped to New Zealand, Australia, the UK. You don't even have to go make it about America to show that people are very much better in Kabul under the Afghani government than the Taliban, just in terms of their human rights. And so you can't make it out to be that the Taliban were these freedom fighters, these Afghani freedom fighters who had this wonderful causes belly. And I would say that they had a much worse causes belly than they did against the Soviets. Causes belly is just reason why you're fighting. And, um, well, your justification for fighting. <laughs> so, your cause for war. Um, I think that it can be said that the Taliban are the bad guys. Now, as far as misconception number four, that the West were not the bad guys, you cannot overlook the fact that the West also used terror in a lesser, to a lesser extent, but still used terror to enforce and enact its ends. Um, I would point to basically extrajudicial kidnappings and interrogations, torturings of people and even people who were from, you know, the Balkan Peninsula, like Albania or Moldova, you know, people who are people from the Muslim world. And sometimes even just based on their name getting mixed up with terrorist sympathizers. So counterterrorism was often itself terrorism. As unfortunate as that is. Moving on quickly to misconception number five is that Bush was hard on the Taliban. He was not in the after the beginning. They got walloped. Osama bin Laden escaped to Pakistan instead of getting killed. And then Bush basically got distracted with Iraq and put all the effort, resources, attention into Iraq. And by the time Bush left the presidency, Afghanistan was mostly largely in control of in the hands of the Taliban, effectively. So even though you can have like technical nominal control as the Afghan government, like according to the UN, the Taliban are the ones 
actually collecting the taxes and running the society on the ground in the countryside especially. So Bush left the situation in Afghanistan very poor. And so Obama's plan was to get out of Iraq and focus on Afghanistan. And that's what Obama did. But the idea that Bush was hard on the Taliban and then Obama, the Obama was soft is not, it was the opposite. Bush wasn't soft. He just got distracted. And in my opinion, abandoned our troops and their effort, because you have to remember our troops are still giving their very lives. You don't get to just say, well, your mission's kind of important, so keep sort of fighting, but we're not going to really support you the way we did. You're just kind of like a sideshow. And I don't think you get to make people a sideshow if they're giving their lives, you know. So misconception number six has been sprinkled through this episode, but it's that the Taliban are Afghani. You can think of it as like a Venn diagram, right? Like, yeah, the Afghani are, most of the Taliban are Afghani or maybe Pakistani, but that doesn't mean that most Afghanis are Taliban. They're not. So the Taliban is a minority in Afghanistan and in Pakistan, but that doesn't mean that there aren't tens of millions of them. So I want to close this out with a message to to vets of the wars of the war in Afghanistan. I've said it on my YouTube channel with the same title as the podcast a lot already. But the main thing is that you do have honor because just talk to an Afghani who got out this year during the you know, the fall of Kabul, like the fall of Saigon 2.0. So just talk to people who got out during the fall of Kabul. And I say the same thing to Vietnam veterans. Talk to the South Vietnamese who got out, who still fly the South Vietnamese flag. Talk to Afghani immigrants who still fly the Afghani flag, who had rights, who were able to take off their veils only because of the occupiers. So you have to realize that it's not as if the West went there to turn Afghanistan into hell. That's not what was happening. So there is still honor in the mission, even if it failed and even if the Pentagon and United States government were as incompetent and non-serious as they were there's still honor in going to afghanistan to try to make afghanistan a better place and making many afghanis lives better so many you can't you can't forget that so yeah thank you for listening everybody i hope that this helped that's that's all the major misconceptions on afghanistan wanted to keep it under 20 minutes and it looks like I did just barely so I'm hoping that this podcast this is a format where you kind of get a lot of things you didn't know before in as short a time as possible and so I hope that there was at least something in here that was new just spent some time researching it and then went ahead and 
popped it out. So yeah, thank you.